Um, I I don't know. I don't have an opinion on the neck on the Kindle Fire because again, I live in Canada. Okay, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I heard so... something about that, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> no, the what I put in the doc was talking about the new Whisper Sync, and that's the only thing in the Amazon announcement last week that was uh, particularly interesting as as a non American was, and I tried it out today. So, if you have an Audible subscription and a Kindle. And you are listening to the audiobook and pause it. You can pick it up on your Kindle where you left off, and actually read it for real on a Kindle. Please. Wednesday, September 12, 2012, episode number 24 of YATS. It's Yet Another Tech Show. Join us every week on Wednesday at yetanothertechshow.com. Throw a slash live, and that's where we broadcast from. My name's Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, holy good God, we got a full, full house. Starting to the left, Aunt Pruitt. What's up, man? What's happening, gentlemen? We got Isaac Kindle. What's up, sir? Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Good, good. Larry Press, how you doing? Hey, great, guys. Good to see you. Mike Rothman, what's going on? Oh, just reveling in the bliss here, guys. Good to see you all. And Shane Brady, how you doing, man? Good. Feel a lot better. Glad to be back on yet. Hey, glad to hear you didn't die. We were all we were all <laughs> a little nervous on the edge of our seats, being like, what happened? What happened to that guy? We got and a chat room. Scary. We got a chat room over here. <laughs> You can watch, like I said, yet another tech show.com slash live. Chat with us. Yat's with us. Matt's with us. Sir show. What's the big news today? I heard some rumblings of a, a new phone cord or something. Ant, you want to lead us off? Yeah, those folks out in Cupertino developed this new cord that you can plug into your mobile phones. And apparently it it has a smaller amount of pins. Really? The 30 pin connector. Oh. And boy, that caused a, a huge uproar, man. You should see all the Apple folks just, just mad. Man, I got to go buy new adapters now? A poo storm, if you will. And that was one of the rumors. And you know how these things go. You can... You can kind of gauge what's going to be just by the sheer number of rumors. And that was one of the ones I heard. And it seemed, I mean, if you're going to change it, would you not standardize with the rest of us rather than change it to another proprietary cord? Or is that kind of their thing? I'm going with B. That's kind of their That's thing. That's kind now. of their thing. <laughs> and I'm not doing has anybody looked in the app yet? It's thirty nine dollars. Thirty nine dollars for this wow. thing. Thirty nine dollars. Does it? And we we kind of mentioned this on AOTA Attack of the Androids last night that the people that have these cars that came with that. I mean, there's so many 
objects that were dependent on that particular connector. It's not like the Android where, you know, I can plug this thing in wherever. I mean, I use my Motorola charger for my Samsung phone. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it, just, it just works, funny enough. A- A- Apple is brilliant. In fact, can you spell ripoff? Yeah. My- A-P-P-L-E. Here's my take on it. Browser tap syncing, turn-by-turn navigation, auto-response messages for rejected calls. Call the patent office Siri. We've got some serious innovation <laughs> Wait, going on d- here. Some some <laughs> serious? Were you reading off a list of the Android OS... Um, Options yeah. from last from, year, from, from from about a year and a half from, ago. From right? last year, from ICS. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Ice cream sandwich. So okay. yes. did that? Was were all the Apple fan boys and girls like, "Yay, this is the best thing ever"? We're so happy. I actually thought a lot of the big guys were more muted. Um, last year, when the iPhone 4s came out, there was a lot of snarky. Tweets about oh you know this isn't a dis- just being snarky about the idea that was a disappointment. I haven't heard much of that from anybody. I mean, I'm sure they'll try to justify it tomorrow, but there ha- hasn't been a lot of crowing about the new features that I saw. Other than it's taller and light, I I, I don't know. Pretty pretty underwhelming for me. So just another catch up. Uh, out of let's see one two three four Did five catch up. Out of six of us, does anybody use or live in the Apple ecosystem? Any of us? Anyone? Bueller? No, no, Alex. I have an Apple Pro. I have an Apple TV. (laughs) My mom got an Apple TV. Because I wasn't going to buy a Nexus Q. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a good thing you didn't, because if you listen to AOTA last night... I would have got for free, right? Eric... Uh, is still waiting on his, and I think he actually paid for it. He paid for it. That was pre-ordered, that was the best know? story ever. I love. No, but the, lucky for him, because anybody who did the pre-order is now getting it for free when it ships. They getting it for free? Yeah. Oh wow! If they get it, we it, told we told Eric yeah. they had to build it still because there was none left or something. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I don't have an Apple anything, but my wife has an, I, an iPad and an iPhone, and she loves the heck out of both of them. And she's just hooked on Apple, and I think there are a lot of people like her. Yeah, my, my wife too, Larry. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, for, for, it's everything she wants in simple, reliable, and... Uh, non-problematic so she she's gonna i don't i would i would uh, not guide her to android at this stage it does take myself it my why do you say if all she wanted to do is whatever she does with her iphone why wouldn't you guide her what's the difference well, well what i'm saying is there i experience more glitches with my android device than I do with my former Apple device. It does take it takes a certain amount of uh, finesse and patience and a little bit of yeah. know-how to get Android dialed in to the point where it just works like that. But I think that's kind of part of the allure of it. It's like 
we like messing with that kind of stuff. But I agree, if if you wanted something that was just ready to go out of the box, didn't give you very many choices, it kind of told you what it thinks that you want, then that's probably where you should go. And I mean, the whole the whole back and forth, at this point, there's nothing either of them can do that the other one can't. It's really all about branding at this point. I mean, back in the day, yeah, it was it was a one-up game, but they've both ripped off from each other so much like it's it's the same at this point. I mean, anything you can do, I can do better sometimes after I reboot it, you know. But it's all now, about the, the choice. Place dis- the only place I'll disagree with you is that I think properly set set up widgets on an Android phone make it a whole lot easier to use for my wife than uh, iOS. And uh, I've seen her struggle with just using the music app on I, uh, the iTunes app on her uh, iPod just to undo shuffle. So there's lots of little things like that that Apple just assumes you won't do so you can't get to them. But I can make an Android phone have easy access to everything. Um, right, with a certain amount of, of, you know, dealing with it, right? Right, but you can't do it at all on an iPhone. Well, right, right. And that's where the openness comes into play. And I think... I, I don't know. Some people, if you give them too many choices, they don't really know what to do. So maybe for those p- people in particular, that is a better choice for them if you can afford it because it's also much more expensive. Look, and, and don't get me th- wrong. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shane. Yeah, just one more thing the iPhone 5 can't do that my Galaxy Nexus can is play 720p video. Or get on LTE. Was there LTE in these new ones? There, there is, is LTE. There they is did. LTE and HSPA plus, right? What about yeah. NFC? I'm going to say no on that. No NFC. No NFC. Okay. But does to, that matter? Yeah, NFC really doesn't matter right now. I mean, it's, it really doesn't seem to matter in Google right now. I was looking at the because uh, when I don't know how it happened, but I got the free ten dollar card. And I'm trying to like put that ten bucks onto my debit card into my bank account, and you can't really do that. The only way to use it is to find a place that supports it. And around here, there isn't any place that supports Nobody. it. I was reading on one of the Android sites. I forget which one it was. Uh, one of the guys said he had to drive fifty miles, and the only place that accepted it was a Victoria's Secret. So he's like, I guess I'll see if my wife needs new underwear. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. for 10 bucks, sweet deal, bro. Well, now, one thing I was chatting with some people on Twitter about today in regards to the NFC, yes, it's true. Nobody uses NFC right now. It seems totally useless. But the fact is Apple does move markets. Had Apple adopted the NFC, right. I think that the retail world would have gone, oh, well, if Apple's doing it. In that case... What what are we doing not supporting it? And I mean, it has it has so much potential, I think. But also along with that, you have the security side of it. And I I think maybe people misunderstand the technology. They think that you turn on NFC and it's instantly broadcasting like this uh, RFID type of thing. But what they don't understand is that you have to almost bump them together. Like it's a very I mean NFC. It says it in the name near. Field communications like it has to be very close, but I'm sure there's hacks. I mean, when people pick pockets, you know, they bump into you. I got your wallet now. How long until people are bumping into you with their phone and now I have your debit card or your account information or whatever? 
it's not going to work like that. You still have to. It'll you still be prompted for pin. So you tap your phone on the uh, pad at the retailer, and you'll still have to enter a pin on the keypad. Right. It's just a matter of time before people start setting up man-in-the-middle attacks and getting that information and then going back and using it. But that's, like I said, that's such a long way off. It's it's almost a mute point. I think you're absolutely right. I think you nail it. I think uh, Apple is at a point where they're not very adventuresome in adding new features. They want If they add a new feature, they want to know that it's going to be a uh, a slam dunk already and, widely yeah. adopted and whatnot yeah and near field communications just not quite there yet well do they understand that they're in the position as a large company that they are to make it widely adopted like people are waiting on them rather than the other way around i think they know that i think i think they've got that confidence on the other hand What's propelling them into it? I mean, why bother? The, why bother? Exactly. They want to know. They want to figure out the revenue model. They they're not going to do this out of the goodness of their hearts. They're going to do it if they can turn a dollar on. Which, if you think yeah. about it, out of all of the companies out there, they are the best poised to do something out of the goodness of their heart. It's not like they're going to go bankrupt because of it. You know, they have more than enough money in the bank to kind of be movers and shakers in this this area. Apple does nothing out of the goodness of their heart. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's another that reason Apple's in, an, it, Apple's in an interesting position though with how many uh, hundreds of millions of accounts did they say they have on iTunes with credit cards attached? I don't know. Let's like, ask oh. the FBI. Oh. <laughs> uh, you guys <laughs> heard I mean, about they, that. They could be a they could be an instant payment source and take a transaction fee from the vendor. You guys are talking about them jumping on something like NFC to in the beginning as a cash cow, but were they one of the first people to do the video chat and FaceTime? No, I they mean, actually I know, I know Skype was out before I know Skype was out before that. But, but Aunt, don't they have on the phone. don't they have a reputation of kind of going counter to what they state a year previous, saying that, oh no one will ever use that and then Android if does it. Nobody or... will ever want to watch video on an iPod. Make your screen bigger. Oh, that's right. He Duh. did say that. And or like read, said, no one reads books. No, no one, one will ever books. need more than 64K of memory. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right. And in about a month, we're going to figure out that nobody needs a 7-inch tablet, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, somebody posted in the doc uh, a Google Plus post by J.R. Raphael. He says... This is a random sarcastic reaction to today's iPhone 5 event. A fifth row of static icons. Ooh, slightly more screen space for applications. Revolutionary. Too many mobile with console graphics. It's never been done before, except on numerous other devices released over the past year. Uh, Panorama mode in a phone camera is pretty amazing. The rest of the world in 2011. Uh, browser tab syncing, like you mentioned before, turn by turn, auto response, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. What's, uh, so bad. I take it. You don't realize they spent like 10 or 15 minutes talking about earbuds. Hey, they do have some pretty sweet. Hey. An actual line that was like, it directs the sound into your ear. Yeah, Lamar like, Wilson pointed that out today, and I just laughed like you mean that, you mean like like headphones, right? Or is this different? 
Is this different? <laughs> Stop me if you've heard this before. Earbuds have sucked. I guess for, I don't. I, earbuds to me are terrible. They always fall out of your ear. They're, you can't move your head one direction without them coming out. I think they're terrible. Well, I see, guess the I, Apple ones are particularly terrible. So yeah, mean, see, I disagree. Deal. I disagree, Shane, because some earbuds are better than others. And yes, those Apple ones, they, they hurt after a while. They didn't have any type of cushioning. And the size of them were sometimes too big for certain people's ear canals. Now, these new ones they got coming out, I, I think this, that's a pretty innovative thing for them to do. Um, I don't know how good they're going to sound, but it's definitely something better than what they currently offered. And I'm sure most of the people on the Apple camp or the Apple customers are excited about that. Because even though it's, they, they look chic and cool with those white earbuds walking around town, their ears are hurting like hell. What's the difference than new? I didn't watch the announcement. What, what's the revolutionary earbud? They're shaped differently to fit inside your ear a little better, and then of course the they're yeah, designed they're, for Johnny Ives ears. That's the most uncomfortable way to listen to anything ever. Did you guys listen with earbuds? No, I hate earbuds. I have I have a set. I can't say that. Bose headphones, the best audio. I, I mix down all of my hip hop with these, and they are. Just the best sounding headphones ever. I mean, these these little things right here. Yeah. And they're so comfortable. This is so soft. And it's not in my ear because that's gross, Apple. That is that it's is so more comfortable gross. than earbuds. But and I when people share them, like, hey, listen to this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put that in my ear. Oh, How no. about no? Oh, you know, that's so best, gross. The best headphones I've seen. I met a guy at CES this year in, in January in Vegas. Uh, Aftershocks. They use bone conduction technology. Is that a skull candy thing, or no, is no, aftershock? No, it's is... aftershock. So it's a, like A F T E R S H O K Z. So it's its own brand. Yeah, and they're but they're bone conduction, so it wraps around your ear, and then the the little little pads sit outside your ear and actually send it in through uh, bone conduction. Hey Isaac, what's Z? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Canadian. <laughs> we love you. Canada represent. Represent. I'm like 60 miles from Canada. I am almost Canadian, if you think about so it. So does the Z, does it waft over the border every now and then for you? Uh, every time I hear Z, I think of Pulp Fiction for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. But Zed's dead, man. Zed's dead, man. What? It's a chopper. <laughs> yeah, I know. Aftershocks, those things were pretty awesome. And you could actually still carry on a conversation with somebody while listening to music. Very nice. I always did uh, I like heard, the uh, ones that came with the phone that had the microphone built in. Those were the only earbuds I ever used just because it would stop the music, take the call, and you could just talk without having to like hold the phone up to your voice, to your mouth. But they still like so uncomfortable, man. I love mine. It came with, um, well, they didn't come with my Droid X, but I ordered them. Right. Just searched for them, and they came back with the one. They came out different from the ones that came in the box. And I love them. As actually, I've ordered two two sets of them. And when I got my new Galaxy Nexus, um, the buds that came with that, I hated them. They had the whole cushions that molded to your ear and stuff, but I still hated them. And so I just went back to my Droid X earbuds, and I love it because yeah, it's perfect for being on the um, on the road and, and and driving and not having to pick up the phone and all that. It's hands free and it's not beating the hell out of my ear canal, you know. I built my I own Bluetooth, actually. Oh, God, I tried that. 
I actually I built my own hands-free set. It's a a tape, and the tape goes into the tape deck and then plugs into the phone. And so when you're listening to music in a, in the truck, phone call comes in. It's just right there in the truck speakers. You can do it with an FM tuner also. But I get mad amounts of interference with the FM tuner, so the tape deck seemed like the uh, proper way to go. But yeah, works. Now the newer cars one. allow you to use auxiliary jacks like that. Right. Similar. Well, yeah, my my work truck doesn't exactly have that, but it's got a wicked yeah. tape deck <laughs> that hasn't been cleaned since '05. <laughs> but that's fine. All right, uh, let's wrap up the. Oh no, that's fine. Hangouts just just crash. Okay. Okay. Uh, spectrum. No, hold on. That's that's fine. <laughs> Hangouts just crash for the third time uh, this evening. That's okay. Hey, we got two mics, two two mats on the screen now. Yeah, that'll and that'll happen. <laughs> Thank you, Google, for having it just work. So, uh, what I was saying. Any other final thoughts on this new revolutionary game-changing buzzword kill Apple announcement? Anyone start start with yeah, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, one, one, one last word. So here's my take on things. Today, the, the field of competition just got a little more level. You've got three major players in the media consumption device market. So you've, you've clearly got Apple, but with today's announcements, they seem a little less unassailable. And then you've got, in a strong Second place, I think Amazon, mm-hmm. with with its Fire line of tablets and its uh, media market that's you know really second to none. Their ecosystem, <laughs> their ecosystem, and in third place you have Google with all of their play products. Now, did uh, Apple coming on strong? Did Apple announce the smaller new iPad, or did that no. not no. not in happen? October? Uh-huh. Yeah. So here, here's my question. In the next month or two, we're going to clearly see Microsoft make yeah. a major play. And are they ever, Microsoft, going to be able to get out of, you know, sort of a fourth place also ran in well, this very tight race? They partner with Nokia. I think the only move they have left is to get RIM and then just really hammer it home, you know? They didn't partner with Nokia. They killed them. Well, you you say tomato, I say tomato. Nokia died a slow, painful death. Yeah, I think that's going to be. I think that question of can Microsoft emerge from the pack with any kind of competitive position, I think that's going to be. A I'll tell you what. Question over the next year. When they yeah. announced that AIO, the Android, the big Android tablet that was running Windows, also, I I really liked that. I thought I I don't know I'm a stupid sucker for giant Android stuff <laughs> you know like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 23 inch one is that the one you're talking about yeah yet? yeah and you flip it around yeah. and it's all see through I don't know there was something gimmicky about that that just hit me in that sweet spot that I was like ah I want this it looked pretty sweet it, right it looked good I don't know about the the how how practical it is but it did look good well and honestly you can keep the windows i just want the android you know (laughs) can i get that sans windows 8 rt metro whatever you're calling it now now i have a question is with being from not in the united states 
with Google Music not working outside of the United States, and none of this amazing Amazon content that we hear about is available outside of the United States, um, there really aren't any other players other than Apple in the media world outside of the United States. Well, you guys have Palm, right? Is Palm still a, a thing? No. No? Just kick, just kick him in the gut, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so mean tonight. <laughs> right. I, I apologize. I mean, you, you, I mean, I could drive, you know, 10 minutes across the border and buy, pick up a Kindle Fire in, in my Washington State uh, mailbox. But... If I can't get any, if you know, without any of the amazing Amazon content, the Kindle Fire is kind of useless. It's pointless, right? It, the only, right. it's not like a, I, I've heard it compared as like a, a crippled Android. So it, it's maybe more towards the consumption side and really light on the production side. Like you're not really, I mean, with with the Transformer Prime and the iPads. They're, they're becoming uh, production devices. People can do a little bit of work here and there if they need to. I mean, I built Yats, the website, on my Prime tablet. Like that, I mean, it's all just WordPress, but, you know, it was, it was easily doable. Uh, I don't really see people using their Amazon stuff like that. Just it, it seems too crippled to be able to have any kind of productivity come out of it. On App Store, you know, sucks. That's what I've heard. Okay. I, I've never yeah, used I, it, but Isaac, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, for for Amazon, I mean, Amazon has is a serious player in the U.S. They're not globally, or they're not outside the U.S. Well, so let, they they right. got a serious issue to address there. Let me ask you this: Can you proxy and have access to that stuff, Isaac? Have you ever tried? <laughs> you, the only way you have to have a U.S. IP address and an actual U.S. built credit card. Ah, so oh, it's not just wow. it's not just the connectivity; no. it's actual yeah. and, and a, probably a U.S. PO box or something. Yeah, well, your credit it has your it's ad, t- address tied to your credit card. Right, right. And so it, you have to, not only like I could get my say Royal Bank Visa card billed to the United States, but it actually has to be drawn on a U.S. bank as well. Oh man, that's so hateful. I would have to have a credit card from Bank of America or um, Citibank and billed to the U.S. as well. Like it's, so, it's virtually impossible. What is the option for? I mean, are you basically just waiting for them to come out in Canada and and the UK, or, or I mean, what what is the other choice uh, for media wise? Yeah, are you just bit torn all day long, right? <laughs> iTunes. iTunes. Oh, okay. I get, there's no Spotify in Canada. Interesting. There's no Pandora in Canada. Uh, we have RDO and Slacker. For, for uh, right. streaming music, and that's how about, it. How about Netflix? You guys can do that, can you? Uh, yeah. That's only we, recently, though, right? It, we we do have Netflix, but the thing with Netflix is it's it's all uh, geographically based. So, Matt, just for fun one day, what you should do is drive across the Canadian border, get an Canadian IP address, and log into Netflix and see, see what our selection is. Well, and I'll <laughs> tell you, when I was in Mexico... I noticed that even on, on my on my tablet, when I just went to the Google Play Store, it was yeah. completely different. I mean, it was oh, like yeah. apps, and that was it, really. I mean, it it seemed very very stripped down. A, a stripped it's all IP based, right? So you exactly you, have a, you, you while you were in this Mexico, you, that was it. So if you're a, an American and you come to Canada with your iPad or your your Google tablet, and you you spark up Netflix. You are getting the Canadian version of that content, yeah. which yeah, means that's there's crazy. no. You can't watch The Office. 
you don't get any of the TV shows that you do in the states, but you can watch all of the uh, I don't know whatever CBC has to offer here in Canada. But I just replaced. I don't it. even know what CBC offers, so I'll have, you have to I'll have to take a pass on that. Is there, the red is there green show. Trust issue with Apple and these content companies. Like I mean, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't really want the government getting involved, but I wonder if they will. If Apple and these companies sort of have backroom agreements to shut out other companies, because it's all content companies. There's no reason Google or Amazon doesn't want access to all that content. It's what like you said. Is, it's the MPAA. It's the RIAA, and it's isn't it in their best interest to reach as many markets as possible? Like, why are they? crippling or stifling their own business i mean when it's well, fledgling as so, is so like the office for example is is an nbc pro- product in the united states but in canada it's run by global television so global television has the rights that so not only does netflix have to get a deal with nbc universal they then have to go to canada and get a deal with global and then go to the UK and get a deal with that company. Then France and get a deal with that company. And of course, they—it's—they're—they're they're just not. And I mean, all it does right. is affects the users at the end of the day, or encourages piracy. I mean, if I can't—if I can't get something on Netflix right now when it airs, then what's my other choice? I'm gonna watch it regardless. It's up to you if you get my two bucks or not. And if you don't, I don't care. I'm still it's watching all a matter it. of scale, too, Matt. You got to remember, right, this right. Thing, right? Canada has a, the entire population of Canada is smaller than California. Yeah, but you know, Mike. Back to your question. This this conversation really says there is an open door for Microsoft to walk through, and it doesn't matter what their devices are like or how fast they are, or any of that crap. What it matters is the media deals they can make worldwide. That's right. It's exactly right, and I think I think that's the. You know, Microsoft is going to be the last out of the shoot on this, but they're going to have announcements, I'm confident, over the next couple of months. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what they come out with. Well, can't they look at what has been done and then either improve or innovate mm-hmm. or something on top of that because they are the last to, to come into this race? Yeah, they can. The question is, will, will they? they? Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. The other question is, do they have to? Because to me, it's starting to sound like, you know, like you guys are going on, oh, there's no big new features in the iPhone 5. Maybe we're getting kind of close to some asymptotic layer where there aren't going to be a ton of new features. Well, yeah. Well, what uh, else can you do? Out of the kind of crap mics that we're talking about here. What, what kind of deals do you have in your ecosystem or whatever you want to call it? In your, you know, what kind of media deals do you have? And not just in the U.S. The U.S. is... It's a nice country, but it's far from the biggest country in the world. But Larry, if you think about it, what else can they do? Make the battery bigger, make the screen bigger. I mean, it seems like we're at the point, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, sitting on this Galaxy Nexus, because if I upgrade it, there goes my unlimited data plan. But it does everything I could see I would need it for the foreseeable future. We're at that point where dual-core, quad-core... There's not much else you can really do. I, I don't see like what people were expecting Apple to come out with that was going to blow minds. You know, like where else can you go from here? I agree. I, maybe it's in an asymptote until somebody come invent some really cool new application. Moore's law bottleneck, I guess. I, I don't know. Oh, well, I'm also reacting to the hyperbole that Apple puts out and the slobbering press over Apple all the time too. Yeah, but that happens uh, regardless. I mean, that's just. I guess yeah, it, but it goes with the territory. Yeah, it's stupid. It goes with the territory, though. It's Apple. People, I think people hype themselves up 
more than maybe Apple is hyping, you know? They want it to be so great because it costs so much money, and these people have so much invested in that ecosystem, they don't want to switch, so they, they, they rationalize it, I guess. And I mean, if I spent that amount of money on, on something like that, I would be kind of mad too if, you know, if this cheap Android thing does everything that this expensive, shiny uh, iPad does. The next, the next big move in innovation is staring us right in the face, and it's natural language, voice recognition, and voice response. So you think it's all about the interface uh, or how we interact with our devices. I, I'm kind of more interested in the wearable computing side of it, how you can make these things more hands-free, how you can interact with the device with you know, the glasses, that... that that could open up potential for something really great, especially with augmented reality, with extra signals of information coming in. The only thing I would be worried about is we as human beings becoming too reliant on this new way of doing things to where the second it stops working, we're, we're zombies. We're completely lost. We, you know, that, that's the only other thing I could see. I, I got to say with this whole announcement today well prior to the announcement I, I didn't necessarily think the phone would look different other than it be slightly bigger but I was expecting a whole bunch of stuff from the iOS uh, iOS 6 side of it and I know they talked about it back in June in WWDC but it's just like you said the, the interface what is the user experience with it and the people that that are using the iPhone um, or the people that actually go over to the iPhone, they always talk about how easy it is to just navigate through that phone and hit that home button when they get in trouble kind of thing, you know. And with Apple adding the new notifications last year and, and expanding on it a little bit in this version of it, I just, I just thought I would see a little more wow factor and uh, mm-hmm. innovation, and I didn't necessarily see it. Because what, this, this stuff what, we're already used what were to. You wishing for that you didn't see. Wow, no, the, the stuff that I, the stuff that I didn't expect. You know, I expected to to see 4G speeds on this phone because everybody else has it now. You know what well, I mean? What was missing today was this year's version of Siri. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. the, the bright shiny bobble. Because Siri was talked about for months after that, good or bad. You Siri's know I mean? a gimmick. Hasn't anybody realized that yet? It's complete gimmick. But it sold. It did because people are silly. The people really. <laughs> I, I'm back where Mike started. I I had no use for Siri. I would love to have really, really, really good, and well integrated with the reading software, uh, voice recognition. Can't hear you, Larry. Yeah, Larry, you need to speak up, and Isaac, you need to mute that feedback. All right, I'm a, I'm with Mike. I could care less about Siri, but I would really love to have highly effective and well integrated with other applications voice recognition. I yeah. don't I don't need it to feed it into Wolfram Alpha or something. Give, try to give me the answer. You want it? Love, you I, want I, it? I want a reading you want it as a way to interface with the device, not something that I say, "Hey Siri, where do I hide a body?" Derby derby derby. Well, that and also I wanted to integrate with some of my applications. I would love to have something where I could be reading and gracefully without changing or clicking or doing anything. Right. Make 
uh, annotations and have those annotations converted to text and be searchable and da da da. Um, that would be a feature that would make me jump from one thing to another. Um, but I don't see that anywhere. Not to keep beating this Canadian horse to death, but when iOS 6 launches next week, Canada will get Siri. Whoa. And what will Canada do with Siri? <laughs> what will Canada do? I'm not sure if, if Siri will know what we're talking about when we keep saying Zed. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> or a boot. A boot? What is this A thing? He keeps talking a boot. I have a coworker from India, and it didn't. Work, it doesn't work for him at all. But Google Now does. Interesting. Well, Google Now supports lots of different languages, also. Yeah. And dialects. You know, my, my my take is the innovation is not coming from Cupertino these days because Cupertino is too busy removing features and suing lawsuits. People, it's innovate. Don't litigate, you dummy dumbs. Come on. Where I see the where I see Google innovating is is in the Google Fiber, which you know, living in Kansas City, I'm gonna hopefully uh, uh, get to see a lot of that soon. Um, and Microsoft has done a lot on the live TV side with Xbox Live. They do a terrible job of marketing it. Right. Um, you know, I mean, so they're ahead of Apple TV and a lot of that stuff. And you know, unless Apple has some amazing announcements with Apple TV next month. There, there's nowhere, there's no place that they're doing any real innovation right now. And, you know, Google's not necessarily doing it on the phone, so I think they've done a lot with Android. And I think Google now is far more useful than, than Siri. That is way um, cool, for sure. But it's all about yeah. predicting what it thinks you want or what it thinks you're going to need to search for. It's, it's, it's giving you information it thinks you need before you think you need it, if that makes sense. It seems like that's kind of where they're going with it. Yeah, and I think it's doing a very good job. They're showing they can update it pretty easily. Uh, if you if you remember, they just updated the Google Search app, and automatically we got we got additional features in Google now. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. Um, and I'm really I really think if Microsoft, you know, this next Xbox, which I think is due next year, you know, that could be really really cool for uh, for media, live TV, and all that type of stuff. Especially if it were combined with a lot of these kind of global media deals that. It, it sounds like other people. Yeah, well, they're the only company that actually has the live TV deals that I know of. Um, well, we'll see. I, I just don't think Apple's. Uh, I don't think there's any place they're really innovating right now. I mean, that could change in a couple of years. You never know. Well, TV is the next frontier, right? There isn't a single box out there that does everything we need it to do. Yet. Yet. Soon. All right, moving on. Uh, what about Facebook and muscling their way into search? Is that uh, interesting to anyone? They say here on the Chicago Tribune, Facebook chief exec, Mr. Zuckerberg, he's fired a warning shot that threatens to ignite a battle to marry social networking with one of the most valuable areas of the technology industry, which they say is search. Uh, this has been long dominated by Google. The web search market represents a, quote, big opportunity that Facebook is uniquely positioned to address. Now, is that because of all the signals we have happily given it? If you're not, if I mean, if it's free, you're the product type of thing. There's a lot of information there if they could just make it 
usable or searchable and not just use it to try to monetize <laughs> by selling all of it. What do you think, Ant? I think they just better stick to letting people talk about what they ate this morning and, and <laughs> leave that to Twitter. You know, thanks. Yeah, they, this I I get the idea that they have all of these likes out on the web that people are clicking on that's associated. But with what do that? What does that mean? Profile. What What does that but really mean? You know, I'm not going there for a search engine when I need to look up something for a research paper. You know. Because uh, how many times – I just don't see it being effective for, for decent, legitimate data. At least I know on Google it's going to be filtered a little more, you know, especially now. They tend to put the better search results near the top and not necessarily give you a wiki page right off the bat. You know what I mean? Hey, uh, do you mean you don't want to get those same research papers that your grandma likes? <laughs> yeah, that would be no, you know. I, I I just think they need to sit sit back and let Google handle this search thing that they need to figure out another way to fix their stuff. Is this them exa- I was just going to say is this them making a, a a grasp for some straws to get their stock above what it started out at and not half of that? Do something to to get the ads back on there for people to see. I'm still seeing ads. I don't don't know what you're talking about. I still see ads on my tablet, on my phone, and on the site. Well, well, apparently you're not seeing enough ads. Apparently not. You know, but they need to do something. I don't care if it's work with Zynga and the game developers or whatever, you know, but them trying to get into the search search engine market, man, that's, that's Google and Yahoo. And Bing, <laughs> and oh gosh, Bing. they've been. I mean, people have been asking if Facebook's going to do search for years now. So this isn't really like a, a new story, I guess. Um, but they have tons and tons of data, but it's like all crap. But I mean, the only not... thing Facebook search is good for is for finding products, finding pages, and finding people. And it's not even good at that right now, right? Like that's well, one thing you. I... It, you have to, in order to find a brand's Facebook page, you have to go to Google to find it. Really? Maybe it's oh, just yeah. because the I odds search. Odds are you're better, you'll find it quicker through Google search than you will through uh, Facebook's own. Go, go to Facebook.com and in the search box, put in yet another tech show. It'll pull it up, right? Put in Attack of the Androids. Put in Buffer Overflow Show. I mean, it, it pulls that stuff up if you know what you're looking for, which I think is key. Google, you can just type in any gibberish, and it'll be like, did you mean this? Uh, sure, why not? And Click. Even, but even still, Matt, with, with, with Google now getting into the plus one game and scraping that data from everybody. That's likes, essentially. You know, th- those exactly. are likes. That's, that's still taken away from Facebook. Right. You know, this just they, they really need to just let this go, figure out. They need to go back and punt. Yeah. yeah, so I work in the internet advertising field, so obviously Facebook's a big part of that. You're evil. Um, no, I'm not evil. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you mute that guy, would you, man? <laughs> uh, a little more respect for Punch Monkey, that's all I'll say. Uh, but <laughs> Facebook, uh, they've got to make sure that you know advertisers can actually um, – uh, generate like results, and that's a challenge with, with Facebook traffic. Now they can talk about the click-through rates doubling and all that, but oftentimes it doesn't matter. What matters is conversion rate. So just because you put a bunch of extra ads into the stream, 
and twice as many people accidentally click on the ads than before, that doesn't give you a meaningful advertising platform yet. And so that's what they haven't cracked, that they're not delivering great results. They just have lots of volume, so it, it looks more impressive. But the doubling, when they talk about doubling click-through rates, um, you know, that just raises a red flag for me because I know that doesn't necessarily lead to better advertising results. <laughs> Leave it be, people. Leave it be. Did we lose you, Mike? Yeah. It's okay. He may have had to step away, but it's all right. It's it's quite all right. But yeah, I, I saw that, and 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 it. And I like how they had it some someone else with more clout, supposedly that says, "Hey, this could be a big thing for them." And I thought about it, and I was wondering if this person is saying that does he have some type of stake? <laughs> In this, was he one of the early adopters, you know? And, and They have enough trouble producing good mobile apps to, 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 to go into building a search engine. It's so much more intensive. I, I don't know if they even could do it. And see, he would, this, let me pull this guy's name up, but he was saying it would be easier because they don't have to do all of the indexing that Google is doing right now. Yes, just exactly. That's what I was saying. I'm like, well, well, what kind of search is it then? You know, it's not connected data in some meaningful way. You know, it's big. <laughs> yeah. You know, as somebody said on Google Plus today, after all of the iPhone yawns, they said, "I can't wait for Bing 2.0 to come out." You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just—it's just getting. Better. Actually, Bing is probably more interesting than the iPhone 5. I mean, there are, there's actually more effort to do something there. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, let's move on. Larry, you got a post out here about Google's fiber registration. Um, you want to share what you found on that as you are continued posting monster? <laughs> Slowing down, man. I'm getting super busy. But uh, yeah, have you guys, I'm sure it's one, somebody just mentioned the Google Fiber project. And yeah, I mean, talk about innovation and taking a shot at something. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, have we talked about that, or do, do we need to say a little bit about what the project was or is? Brief it. Brief yes, it. please. All right. Google did ran a, um, not a contest, but they, they asked for bids maybe six months ago from cities who would like to have gigabit uh, Ethernet, gigabit fiber uh, installed in their city. And a ton of cities applied, and they did all kinds of things, I think, to try to sweeten the pot for Google, and somehow Kansas City won. And uh, and that's, by the way, one of the things in that post. It really is a, a partnership. Kansas City is contributing, you know, access to um, conduit. Kansas City is contributing building space, power, Kansas, you know, publicity and work on it. So it, it's a joint government industry kind of a deal. But at any rate, Kansas City won, and the deal was this. They divided the city into 202, I think, neighborhoods. They call them fiberhoods. Fiberhoods, right. Yeah, but... It's kind of funky. That's like Mac Muffins or something. Kind of a cringeful word. But <laughs> anyhow, back to, I'll call them neighborhoods, okay? Anyhow, <laughs> the deal with this. For a given neighborhood, they set a threshold, and in order to sort of decide which neighborhoods to do first, and you know, the order in which to roll the fiber out, they set thresholds for the neighborhoods and then said, okay, how many people are going to sign up, um, kind of pre-register? And to pre-register, you had to give, 10 bucks and say you'll go for the service. And that took that was a six-week campaign. 
uh, around the end of the fifth week, uh, they noticed uh, one thing. Uh, I used to actually live in Kansas City, and there's like this Paseo Street and, and kind of two stamps, north side, north south uh, street, and it, it just divides the poor people from the rich people. And they kind of looked around. They said, whoa, all the rich neighborhoods have made their thresholds and the poor neighborhoods haven't. Uh, so they did a couple things. One is they recalibrated the thresholds, supposedly based on vacant lots and stuff. But I don't know how straight that was. And they also did a real big campaign. They just really got out and knocking on doors. So at the end, they had 180 of the 202 neighborhoods uh, signed up or you know qualifying. And it, it really did lead into the... Uh, the poor parts of town, and they also sent really low quotas in the in the very poor parts of town. So they're really aware of this kind of digital divide trend, uh, and they're going to, I think, tomorrow on Thursday they're supposed to publish the schedule of when they're going to actually, you know, the actual installation schedule. But they're going to be providing gigabit connectivity for anybody that wants it for seventy bucks a month. That's what's crazy right there. Are, you know, if, if I could get, not, not that Verizon would ever install files in my neighborhood, but I, the lucky few that have it pay more than that for like, you know, 15 gigabits or 30 gigabits. So it's, it's just, it's a bizarrely good deal. And the other thing they'll do is uh, if you pay a construction fee of 300 bucks, which you can pay at 25 a month for, uh, for uh, a year, uh, they will give you free for seven years uh, five five megabit DSL, which is better than Verizon would give me at, at, in my location uh, for I think something like forty bucks a month. So I mean, it's just a totally good deal. And there's one more sweetener for every neighborhood that qualified or that made their threshold, they give free gigabit to every school hospital, library, and public building in that neighborhood. So that says little little schools, little crappy grade schools in poor parts of Kansas City are going to have gigabit connectivity, uh, which is what my whole university has. We have a one gigabit. (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet, man. man. That rocks. Hey, hey, where where in Kansas City did you live? I lived in Johnson County. Okay, I I live in the Kansas City area now. Really? Where do you live? I live uh, Plattsburgh, which is at the very north of Smithville Lake, nowhere near Google Fiber. Oh, that's too, yeah. I lived in Prairie Village, which is also close but no cigar. Uh, no, they're getting it though. They announced. Yeah, you know what? Okay, somebody. I've been blogged on this a little, or yeah, blogged or Google Plus on it, and somebody has has been telling me that that parts of Johnson County that they said that Leewood and Overland Park. Could actually get in on the deal, but they're not shown on the map. Yeah, they announced. I think Merriam is one of them. Prairie Village. I think they're going to get it. Actually, is that announced though, or or just you think it's? I thought they made the announcement that it was coming. Wow! If you could send me a link to it, if you could find it, I'd love it. I think the I, most I think interesting, the most brilliant part about that is they turned their customers into their sales team, and I thought that was a really interesting way to do it. Oh yeah, it's a real community effort. Right, so you have have Neighborhood Watch that watches neighborhoods. What does the Fiberhood have? Fiberhood Watch? Anyone? I hope it's not anybody watching BitTorrent. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
It'll be interesting to see like how well it works and how well people. I think this will boost the computer industry also because people are going to need to be upgrading some stuff to really take advantage of connectivity. You know, we we're using it as a recruiting point now. How so? What do you mean? Well, because so um, San Francisco has obviously the reputation that's where developers want to go, even though your quality of life will be a lot lower because of how expensive it is to live there. So now we can we can go to potential people who maybe would think of moving to Kansas City um, based on uh, a lot of, you know, uh, I say stereotypes. Um, now we can say, hey, you know, you move, to, you move here, you can get gigabit Ethernet and Google TV and live in, you know, Every business is going to be eventually wired up. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty uh, pretty intense. So we're just saying it's an extra recruiting point. Is that like racial point. profiling or? <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. I don't even know where you're going. I don't even know where you're going. Empty in that cup, man. I don't buy it. All right, Larry, you mentioned up the digital divide. Yeah. I found it interesting that they chose um, Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri, and not a place like Johnson County. Um, which is obviously where all the rich, the richest people live, and where Sprint has already run all that conduit for their fiber network. So Johnson County is pretty well wired up anyway. Uh, it's just sitting there doing nothing. But they uh, they went to, I mean, Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas are a lot poorer than uh, than the rest of the county. Hey, Mike, uh, let's have a quick update. We're kind of getting towards the end of the hour. Did you find a Tether app that worked? How did our recommendations do for your HTC? You know, I got diverted over the weekend. Nah. Comcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah. Comcast, Comcast pulled, pulled a fast one on me by announcing that they're converting our neighborhood to uh, digital, what is it, digital cable. So I really? had to deal with that over the weekend. So now, tune in next tune in next week for the update on on my tethering adventures. I was going to say now might be a good time to embrace cord cutting. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> guys. I mean, it's not like you um, live in Canada or anything, you know. Um, guys, here's oh. what I think about your oh. digital initiative. Snip, snip. Sorry, Isaac. That was that was a cheap shot. I, I'm sorry. Once again, I we know. weren't even invited to bid for Google Fiber. That's all right. Neither was Montana. <laughs> Not that people people would have been like fiber. No, I have. I'm totally regular. I have I'm enough totally fiber. Regular. I'm totally regular. It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. You guys just didn't try hard enough. Didn't Topeka change volunteer to change their name to Google Camp? Yeah, and how did that work out for them? Yeah, I guess it didn't. It didn't. Punk by Kansas City, Kansas, which is a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> but we're the capital. Damn it. <laughs> you know, just what are they going? Okay, what new applications are going to come out of that? If you really get a big critical mass of people in your city with gigabit links or even five megabit links, what's what kind of new stuff is going to happen? Faster Facebook, brother. Faster Facebook. That's it. I'm hoping telecommuting will be a big thing. Telecommuting. So we this really never have to leave our house. The kind of thing we're doing in a neighborhood. Uh, you know, with 50 people. Um, Man, that would be nice. Yeah. You think oh, people yeah. don't get out now. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larry, uh, tell us about hybrid MOOCs. Oh, goodness. Yeah, uh, you know, that's not my favorite uh, world that I watch. It's not It's not uh, telephones and tablets and gadgets. 
but it's uh, they're massively MOOC is massively open online class, and well, universities all over the world and private companies all over the world are having dreams and starting to offer classes that have enrollments of 100,000 people in them, that sort of thing. Like Khan Academy and stuff like that, or are these actual yeah, established Khan, universities? Khan a real pioneer in this, but it's places like, you know, MIT. Right, so uh, these are established universities yeah. that are going online there's, rather than... An... There are established universities, and there are also uh, a lot of venture capital pouring in now, so... Guys are spinning out like Stanford has spin has spun off has spun off a couple of companies, and uh, so it's a universal thing, it's a university thing, it's a Khan Academy thing, um, and the, the um, I, yeah I, I can't I, I've done a couple of posts. One that came up was Judacity, one of the companies that spun out of Stanford. Uh, one of the co-founders, in fact, did a statistics course. And a guy, an, a statistics professor, just tore it to shreds in a blog post. And um, they, the two are talking past each other. One guy's teaching a standard stats course, and the other guy's trying to teach kind of a, a liberal arts general interest course to just get people excited about statistics. And that's the thing. that I guess the blog post I did was saying that uh, – can you get that sort of classroom enthusiasm and spontaneity uh, in a massive course with with a hundred million with a hundred thousand people in it? And the answer that I maybe come up with is you can do it by say maybe meeting one day a week uh, and having an actual meeting in front of a classroom and broadcast it like the kind of thing we're doing here, like the kind to do with even a bigger in class audience if you were in Kansas City and they all had gigabit links. Uh, and then sort of maybe have a one-day-a-week broadcast or discussion with real people, uh, archive that, and then have the little canned videos, the, the Khan Academy or Udacity kind of videos along with it. Um, I think that works really well fun. until it's it's like the comment problem on really popular websites. Like when you get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments, it's almost pointless to read it. I think that... This works really good, maybe in a smaller setting, but once you get so many people in there, it almost becomes impossible to to get any benefit out of out of that part. I'll I'll be the uh, protagonist, though I can argue both sides. Antagonize Uh, me. Go. I'll fight with your ass, man. (laughs) (laughs) Should I sit like this, or (laughs) how do you want to do this, weirdo? Come on. You want to do some virtual arm wrestling over our gigabit connection? Yes. Uh, okay. Ah, I'm not even. I got to get my hat so I can turn it backwards like Stallone in that movie. <laughs> All right. Okay, no, tell us. Two things that you were saying. One is, uh, okay, when I'm talking about supplementing the Khan Academy or Udacity kind of videos, interactive videos with uh, a real-time session, I'm not talking about all 100,000 people being there at once. I'm talking about me having maybe an interaction with a regular classroom with 30 people in it and catching the, the stuff that comes up. It's really, it's dynamic. You know, people make jokes, people ask questions, just capturing that, the stuff that doesn't stay static from one semester to the next, capturing that every week in a, uh, in a thing that's broadcast, you know, a, like a Google hangout on air. So a lot of people could lurk, but maybe only 30 people are actually participating like we're doing now 
Right. And, and you could probably and ignore the and like the comments, that. right? Yeah, that's archived. The other thing, Matt, that uh, and I think this that this is really working out with these big courses is people form uh, small groups on their own. The students do so that you know students that are um, in a certain city will form um, you know the get together once a week that are taking a class. They're called clicks. Sort of decentralized social networking is really does seem to start taking off with these classes. Right, and if you're in there, you can probably. You're there for the lecture itself, not for the comments. So you can probably have a way to turn that stuff off so you're just absorbing the information from the lecture. And if you want to get any extra stuff, then you can dip into the comments or whatever. Or if you want help, like if, if like the courses, um, not the Khan Academy, but like the Udacity, a lot of the courses, they, they stay on a regular schedule, like a regular class. So there are assignments due on Friday and stuff like that every week. So everybody around the world is kind of in sync. So they say that it's, you know, real easy to go on a, you know, to go into a chat room at 4 a.m. and, hey, well, I'm having trouble with this question. And some guy in, you know, 12 time zones away is going to be awake in the middle of the day. And, and so a lot of that kind of thing is evidently going along, too. Um, social media is, uh, is helping people form small groups. So we will see. And the more we get faster internet the easier this stuff can be and the more possibility it opens up yeah like in kansas city yeah right you guys you know i was just going on but if that can't i wonder if google if if they turn out to be able to kind of make money if they're going to go into that business i mean or maybe you know that's that's the next question is what's going to be the impact on the whole infrastructure that experiment well, that and after that, what what does that open up for developers to maybe take in different directions? You know, yeah, yeah, that's what. You, you know, you know, Larry, when you think about it, Google's whole infrastructure and approach to cloud services just plays perfectly into this. Yeah. From from Hangouts to their collaborative form of document editing, yep, to uh, so many services they have. Uh, it, it's it's a natural for them to move into this. It's also, by the way, it it feeds the the Google ethic of of doing good. You know, free it, education, it, right? I mean, the wave yeah. of the future. Information wants to be free and get disseminated amongst the people that want to learn it. This is the biggest revolution coming to education, and that's what it needs, right? Time. What was the last big push in education i mean online classes but it kind of stuttered out at least here i mean i'm sure other other places more populated areas are are doing good things i would hope but yeah it seems like it just kind of stalled and there hasn't been any really great innovative push in the last i don't know decade or so i i spent a good hour going through one of the course catalogs for one of the online course providers just in the last week or so, and I sent a couple of course recommendations off to friends. You know, my my wife, who's very into horses, uh, uh, got from me a a link to take her to a uh, an equine veterinary medicine online course. I think she's probably going to take it. You That's know? really cool, though, to even it's just great. be able to have that option available to you if yeah. it if you want it. Like that's really cool. 
Yeah, that's, you know, all these Udacity guys are going after sort of mainline mass courses like university intro to artificial intelligence stuff. But what, what Mike has given an example of a real kind of long tail thing. I mean, you know, you don't have, there aren't all that many people who want to be, you know, learn about horse veterinary. But if you go, you know, there are enough of them to have the class if you've got a worldwide audience. Well, well, exactly. And, uh, you know, it, it occurs to me, this, this area, particularly for a demographic I'm concerned about, or, I mean, that I'm entering, which is the, the older set. Uh, the old farts. The old farts. The silver fox. You know? <laughs> th this, this stuff, I'm going to eat up in a few years. I, I'm going to sit. There was a course there in that catalog about... Uh, um, uh, your, uh, world history or European history from uh, uh, the 11th century to the present. I'm going to take that. Yeah. If not this year, soon. And it's not just you think about you know some poor kid in Brazil or something who doesn't have a chance to take classes anywhere, and now he maybe does. You know, it's kind of it's a it could be a really cool thing. That's yeah, exactly. Very you cool. know what, Mike? What you're saying is all of it. Google can maybe afford to, just like Amazon can can uh, maybe lose or break even on on tablets because they they use them to sell stuff. Google can maybe do networking and not make a ton of money because the more people that are on there, the more signals they get, and the better they sell ads. Better they sell ads. That's right. That's right. And at what point does Google jump in with Google Books and start doing? textbooks that are always up to date i know around here we were having one of my friends had kids in school and her daughter came home and had the same science textbook that she had when she and like i mean how old is that information it seems like having these books online and and digital it gives a huge opportunity to keep all of that stuff updated with the latest and greatest science and you know technology information that kids can learn from. And you're not having to buy a new book every year. You just have it on your tablet and it's updated like that. You know, we got the I'd like, to, I'd like to assume Microsoft has a big foothold in that right now, considering they just developed that relationship with Barnes and Noble. Right. Uh, a quarterback. You know, well, Apple does have a relationship, and you, you saw what the textbook companies wanted to do with it. Oh, okay. Cash register. Because for them, it's about making money, not educating the masses. And that's sad. Right. So, so these textbooks are going to have to come from a different source than the current. So, why doesn't that because... open up a new business for somebody to get into? It, it probably does. I don't it know should. If anybody... It damn well I... should. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what the Khan, you know, we were, you know, Khan Academy, yeah. Khan Academy. You know, they're kind of writing their own lesson plans and their, you know, their own text. Right. And if you can get the teachers on board with that and offer some sort of incentive other than make your kids less dumb, like, I think it, those are the people that should be writing this stuff in, in, in partnership with the scientists and the researchers that are coming up with this stuff initially. Uh, there's a huge potential there for re something really great to happen. It's just getting people over that greed to where they want to do it just to do it for the greater good of humanity. Bring back the Library of Alexandria and put it on an ebook. You know, like there's so much potential there, and it's just completely getting overlooked for now. 
No, it's not. Like Nature's got its, uh, one book out, and they've got several that are coming. One, the first one they did was Intro to Biology, and it's just what you said, Matt. It's not you buy an ebook; it's you subscribe to an e to this textbook. There you go. And for fifty bucks, you have a lifetime subscription to a high quality, kept up to date electronic textbook. Exactly. And that is super cool, man. That's beautiful, man. That's that's amazing. I. Well, I've, I've done a bunch of posts on there. I can send you some links for the show notes. Get I off really, your soapbox. I plow them. I actually have a market. <laughs> and I can sell you one for only forty nine ninety five. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Order now in the there's next 10 minutes more. and get. Hey, <laughs> we'll throw in classic comic books. A free Amazon Kindle. All right, Isaac Kindle. Let's, uh, Google. I got one passing shot. Google has done one of these massive online courses using, uh, which was on advanced search techniques or something, kind of a funky topic. But the platform they used to develop it, which looks pretty slick, they just announced this week they're going to open source it. Very cool. Yes, extremely cool. All right, let's let's end the show on uh, something Isaac Kindle uh, had in the doc. And I don't know if this is the story in particular, but this is kind of interesting. On Wired, they have the... Tablet Smackdown, the Kindle Fire HD, and the Nexus Seven. Um, they they go through display, design, ergonomics, performance, and speed. Uh, it looks like for display, the Kindle Fire HD beats out the Nexus Seven. Design and ergonomics, the Nexus Seven wins, and of course, performance and speed, the Nexus Seven wins. Uh, what what do you think, Isaac? Um, I I don't know. I don't have an opinion on the neck on the. Kindle Fire because again I live in Canada. Okay, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I heard so, something about that, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> no, the what I put in the doc was talking about the new Whisper Sync, and that's the only thing in the Amazon announcement last week that was uh, particularly interesting as as a non-American was, and I tried it out today. So, if you have an Audible subscription and a Kindle, and you are listening to the audiobook and pause it. You could pick it up on your Kindle where you left off and actually read it for real on a Kindle. Kind of like what Netflix does with the I can be playing something on my laptop and then pick up my tablet and head out and resume right from where I left off. But exactly. Doing it Except with you, I can listen to the audiobook in the car, and then when I get home and I want to sit on the couch and actually read words, I can pick it up where I left off oh, on my Kindle. Between audio and between, that is hot. Between audio cool. and actual text, that is really cool. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, awesome. Uh, so, Isaac, you have, so what devices do you have that it's working on? Because I got the uh, Audible update for Whisper Say. Right. So I've got. I, I was doing it on my uh, listening to the audiobook on my Galaxy Nexus, and then I picked up the Kindle app on my Galaxy on my uh, Nexus Seven, and I picked right up where I left off. How do you connect? Now, this is a question they didn't really answer. How do you get the Audible versus the Kindle version? Okay. How do you... Now, this this is where Matt will cringe a little bit. Okay, so um, you have to actually buy both. Full price? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. that'll happen. So, no. You're lucky I buy one of them. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just, just what I was going to say, Matt. Matt, you have two, yep. two, two products, both with DRM, Matt. How about yeah, that? sure. Um, I'll be right there. So I was I was I've been reading the uh, the Tom Clancy novel and 
I bought it on the Kindle some time ago, and then I went into the Audible store today, and because my Audible account and my Kindle account are linked together, I was able to buy the the Audible version for three bucks. Uh, do, do, do you buy it? From, uh, do you buy it from the uh, Kindle, the Audible app? Yeah, right from the Audible app. Yeah, it. it oh, it... I did it on, on my PC, right? And I went into Audible.com, logged in, searched out for the book I wanted, and it was three bucks. Isn't that like Google Play Store? If if I buy an app on my Galaxy Nexus and then I go on my tablet to install the app and it wants me to buy it again, like that almost seems like what they they want you to do there. I mean, I get they're two different Except companies. Except you're buying two different mediums, right? Right, Every, right, exactly. And the author wants to get paid twice. Well, hell yeah, why not? Well, well not if, they, if they can. <laughs> I mean, that, we don't... That would, that, would be the, that would be the equivalent of, well, I bought the DVD. Why should I now buy it on iTunes? I'm not, because I'm just going to decrypt the DVD. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, DVD but what John, do... Where are you when we need you? What do we know about monetizing content? I mean, everything we produce, we just give away. This, this hip-hop album that's costing me almost $2,000 to make, it's free. I don't care. Just pay the guy. <laughs> I don't care. It's fun. <laughs> um, so then finishing up here, they got the, uh, like I said, performance and speed Nexus 7 wins. Operating system, what do you think? Nexus 7 or Kindle Fire HD? Nexus 7. Nexus 7 all the way. And what they say here, the Fire HD, like we mentioned before, is all about consumption, uh, especially content from Amazon. If you have more Kindle eBooks than actual books or... If you're an Amazon Prime customer, then the and OS... And live in the United States. And live in the United States, thank you. <laughs> and you're not that. a Canadian, uh, then that that's the Let's way to go. Let's just not pick on Canadians, right? If you live anywhere else on planet Earth. Besides, I have an employee who's from Canada, and that's a major sport. Canadian uh, hazing. <laughs> Canadian hazing. Canadian. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> Uh, the speakers, this is interesting, uh, no question here, the Fire HD offers better audio with a dual speaker setup that crushes the Nexus 7's single mono speaker. Absolutely. But neither can match a good pair of headphones, especially if they're earbuds. <laughs> but look, the, the, when, you, when you talked about the display winning out for the Amazon Kindle HD... That was sort of a, a given, right? It, the spec says it right there in the sheets. You know, the Kindle HD was it eleven hundred by eight something versus uh, no, was it twelve hundred by eight hundred? No, um, they both they say that both the Nexus Seven and the Fire HD have ten point multi touch LCD displays. Both of them tout the same twelve eighty by eight hundred res, with image quality nearly as good as Apple's iPad Retina display, both do a great job or deflecting glare that distorts images on glossy screens. But the key difference is here. They say on Wired, the Fire HD's display offers slightly more contrast than the Nexus 7, and it can get brighter as well. Uh, colors are more vibrant and saturated. Not by much, but enough to be noticeable. So Okay, so contrast to me. Well, contrast ratio does make a difference, though. I mean, even that's even with televisions or just plain old monitors that we're looking at. It depends right now. how old your eyes are, right? 
Well, I mean, do they have tools that they measure this, or do they just look at it and say, well, this one looks like it has better color set? Well, I would imagine they're using light meters or whatever to see. The- I'd like to assume wire it is and not necessarily <laughs> TechCrunch is doing that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. TechCrunch just looks at it. Who knows? Uh, so then, uh, yeah, like I said, speakers, Kindle Firewinds, the browser, of course, the Nexus 7, because we got Chrome. Got Chrome. We got Chrome. <laughs> Chrome. I love that browser, man, on mobile. Oh, love it's it. beautiful now. Uh, apps and games, of course, the Nexus 7. Uh, they say Google Play has far more apps, period. Amazon's walled garden is nice, but it keeps apps off the Kindle Fire HD that would improve the device's utility. Who does that sound like? A little bit. A little Can bit. I also point out the Amazon App Store is not available outside the United States? Oh, would you please? Oh, what wow. is available in Canada besides healthcare? I mean, is it... I'm I just... Syrup. Isaac is available. I know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm here all day, all night. I'm just messing Take because most of our economy is based on Canadians coming here and spending their money and then leaving. So, and hey, In Montana, you mean? Yeah. And hey, while you're here, enjoy some Netflix. Enjoy <laughs> everything else. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. Um, Before we wrap up the Apple bashing tonight, though, if I could jump in. Oh, please. Does anybody find it weird that the new Johnny Ive uh, custom fitted ear uh, ear pods are ten dollars cheaper than the new dock connector adapter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we 30, do. Thirty nine bills, right? <laughs> yeah, thirty nine bucks for the adapter, but the new Johnny Ive designed ear pods are only twenty nine bucks. That's because Johnny's taken ten percent. <laughs> Oh, he's getting his cut. He's got to no. pay for that new seventeen million dollar house. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm paying four hundred bucks a month for this place. Like I, I just, I can't even fathom like what a better life or quality of standard of living would be like. I'm well, dealing with mold in my walls. Dollars, I have mold. Canadian. So that was only like eighty-seven bucks US. <laughs> it's pesos, SA. Don't worry about it. All right, books, movies, and music. They're giving that one to the Kindle Fire, of course. Uh, They say what Amazon lacks in apps, it makes up for in media, going back to this being a uh, strictly consumption device. There are all the books, Kindle singles, music, and video libraries on par with the iTunes store. Google also sells these things, but we can't remember the last time we bought media from Google Play. It's because we download it for free and then just copy it over. I mean, problem solved, right? And then uh, the winner is... Who, who is the winner? The best all-around Android tablet, still the Nexus 7. Polished, speed, software, pocket-friendly size, give it an edge uh-huh, over the fantastic Fire HD. But this misses the fact that the Kindle Fire HD is not trying to be just another Android tablet. Of course, Android runs through its veins, as crippled and weird as it might be, uh, but the Fire HD is geared toward feeding Amazon super consumers and creating more super consumers. Uh, given that mission, the Fire HD works exactly as it should, but still, Wired says, we'd rather spend the, our $200 on the Nexus 7. So. You know, but that, again, that's what the Amazon CEO was banking on. You buy this device to get more stuff from us period you know you want to come here and and get your your books from time to time you want to get your music from time to time but while you're at it you're probably going to order another filter for your air conditioner while some underwear some ties you know whatever (laughs) you you need we got it we got you You unless you're canadian 
and then maybe Caney's one 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 cent cell phones, what have you, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Phones that we were drooling over when they first came out, dropped three hundred bones on Amazon's like, Oh hey, are you a new customer? Yeah. Just give us a penny, it's fine. Give us a penny, it's yours. Penny for your thoughts? Penny for your phones. It's fine. <laughs> Forgetting about the uh, fire, have any of you guys seen the new just plain old Kindles with the so-called white back, the white paper? I've heard that they are the closest thing to paper that you can get. I've never seen one like personally in my hands, so. though. Yeah, I pre-ordered one. You did? Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I waited years to get a Kindle. Now that I have one, I use it all the time. I still I need books. I don't know. I have like book books. I've two like book- dead trees. Yeah, I I don't know. I maybe it's because I don't have a Kindle, but I there's I don't read on my t- tablet. Obviously, the, it's just bright and I don't know. I like books. I like the way they smell and the way you can turn the page and I I, I don't know. There's just something I about like, books. I that... love my Kindle. I can't read on my tablet knowing Angry Birds is always one click away. Exactly. And I just like <laughs> looking at my bookshelves uh, shelves, uh, and looking at all of the books in there and then just, I, I don't know. There's something about having those. I, I think some people are like that with their DVD collections, which I'm completely mm-hmm. not. But Does this, it make you feel whole again, Matt? It makes me feel smart when I look at titles like Moksha and Qigong and the Tao of Physics, like stuff like that that I, I've I have read and don't even begin to understand. But it makes me feel like, yeah, this kid's he knows what's up. So we have a we have a library, and, and I don't think I ever go to my own, our own library. I actually, pick out a book. I still go see if I had a Kindle version first before I go to my own house to pick out a book. Here's yep. I don't know if you if you can see that in the shot. There's uh, the two bookshelves over there. Just I mean full, and that's another reason I'm not moving because there's like a ton of of books over there. That, I mean, are... that looks like Jerry Purnell's office, man. What are you trying to prove? I know I'm getting there. I know how to read. <laughs> I got big brains, and I know how to read. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for the chats. It's been another yats. Any uh, closing words? We'll start with Ant. Um, good luck with those 4G iPhones, because that's about all you're getting out of this thing. You know? <laughs> no, 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 seriously, uh, I, I'm glad Apple is doing this, because it's it's only going to make competition uh, better for all the consumers, and eventually we are going to get more innovation and probably some even better competitive prices as a consumer. So, and, and more hey, litigation. I'll go at it. And more litigation, of course. Hopefully less litigation. Oh, right, right. Less of that. All right, Isaac? Hmm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy finishing all my Apple bashing for the night. Well, that's a boot what I expected from you, eh? All right. A? Uh, a? <laughs> Zed? Zed? Zed's dead, man. All right, Larry, any uh, final thoughts? No, I can't stop that, man. I'm Mike? Just... <laughs> I'm just amazed that you've got the Tao of Physics. That book was written before you were born. No, I know. It's like 11th edition, though. It's such a good book. I got Physics and Philosophy, too, by Heisenberg. Awesome book. All right, Mike? Scary stuff tonight, gentlemen. <laughs> Beautiful show, we got, guys. We, we got to all promise to come back and do this again next week. Oh, absolutely. All right, Shane? Yeah. Punch the monkey, uh, Shane? No, I don't have anything else to add to, to uh, whatever else is said, so that's it. We've done enough apple bashing for uh, for one night. For tonight, until tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see you then. Until Attack of the Androids next week. All right. Oh, well, thanks you. for uh, listening. Please 
Your homework, just like on AOTA, is uh, to go to iTunes and write us a review. Give us some stars, if you would. We appreciate it, and that gets us more visibility so that more people can listen. Uh, shout out to the live listeners. Every week, Wednesdays on yet another techshow.com slash live. Uh, the best way to know when the show goes live is to follow us on Twitter, follow the Facebook page, and the Google Plus. We always post all on there, and then you'll know exactly when the show's about to start, and you can watch live. If not, make sure you're subscribed in iTunes or Beyond Pod if you're an Android user, Dogcatcher, whatever you prefer to use to consume our free content. Check out our other shows, Attack of the Androids and the Buffer Overflow Show. Uh, email the crew at yet another tech show dot com and you can leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. 406 204 4687. For Yats, yet another tech show dot com. I'm Matt Lee, Aunt Pruitt, beautiful show. Isaac Kendall, thanks for joining us. You can find him writing on a new domain dot net. Larry Press, blogs like the Mad Hatter, Mike Rothman over on groovypost.com, Shane Brady. Where are you at? You're writing for a new domain, right? Yep. Very cool. And I'm Matt Lee. I just produce podcasts and talk smack. So that's that. Thanks for the chats, guys. It's another guest. Thanks, everyone. Good night. See you next week. Later. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.